Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Have you ever felt that you needed to be restored emotionally, relationally, spiritually? John has a message from God's Word today that I feel will be very helpful. It's entitled, How God Restores Us. Friend, your restoration may be coming quicker than you realize. Sometimes it happens immediately, but sometimes restoration happens gradually and over the process of time. Now, go to Mark chapter 8. You're already very close to it, but turn over a page or two more. And in Mark chapter 8, we read about a blind man. And he, what did he need? He needed his vision to be restored. And so Jesus restored it, but he didn't do it immediately. Look in verse 22 of Mark 8. It says, Then Jesus came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged Jesus to touch him. Then Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on them, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. So he said, yes, Jesus, it's better. I I can see, but it's blurry. People look like trees. It's not clear. And then in verse 25, it says, Then Jesus put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. And so after Jesus touched this man, not the first time, but the second time, he could see everything clearly and his vision was completely restored. Now here's the question. Why didn't Jesus just restore his vision on the first touch? I mean, why, why did this miracle take two phases? Well, I don't know the answer to that question, except I just know that it's in the Bible. And it says to us that sometimes healing, restoration, God giving things back to us, yes, sometimes it happens immediately, and we're grateful for that. But sometimes it happens gradually over the process of time. And so today, for example, if you say, I've just lost my peace. I've lost my excitement about life. I've lost my courage. I'm just, I'm worried about everything. And my mind, it's like my mind is on high alert and I can't relax my mind. Well, God may take that away immediately, but God may take that away, away gradually and it may take a little bit of time. And so that leads us to the second question then is, and that is, what are we supposed to do? What is our part in the restoration process. And so let me just mention some things here today. And I, again, I pray God will use what I'm saying today to set people free and to change people's lives and to break chains and shackles off of people's emotions and minds and even their bodies. So what is our part in the restoration process? Number one, identify what's been lost. What needs to be restored? In other words, what is it that you feel like you don't have right now at this season in your life that you typically do have? And again, I come back to these six things, peace, joy, courage, strength, hope, vision. I mean, you know your own mind and soul well enough to know if any of that resonates with you. 
And if it doesn't, just thank God right now. Man, you are hitting on all cylinders and you're doing great. But if you would say today, you know what, John? I just, I've lost one or more of those things. Identify what that is. You need to be able to say to God, God, what, what's missing in my life is this. And just tell God whatever that thing is. Now, the second step is very simple. You'd expect, you'd expect it. And that is ask God to give it back to you. If you've lost one of those things or if you've lost something else, just pray and say, God, I'm asking you to give that back to me. And I think, again, I didn't put it in my list of six, but maybe it would be number seven. Just a relaxed mind, a mind that is not chasing mental rabbits all day long, a a mind that is not full of anger and bitterness or being upset with somebody, a mind free of any of those feelings of revenge or retaliation. No, just ask God to give it back to you. Number three, this is very important, receive it by faith whether you feel anything or not. If If you've lost your peace and you pray to God and say, God, I'm asking you to give me my peace back, to restore my peace Well, just receive that by faith. Now, the fact is, God may identify something practical that you need to do to get your peace back. Maybe you've lost your peace because your weekly schedule is so busy that nobody would have peace going at that pace. I've noticed this about peace. Sometimes it's true what I'm saying today. Sometimes the devil comes in and he just robs us of our peace. Sometimes, though, we're living our lives and maybe we start doing more than God intends for us to do. I'm not talking about sinful things. I'm just talking about we're just just too busy. We're doing more than God ever intended. And sometimes when we do that, we lose our peace. Now, in these instances, it's not that the devil took it away from us. In these instances, I think it's God kind of backed some of that peace out of our hearts because what happens is... In the Christian life, when you lose your peace, that's a very important thing happening. You've got to try to figure out why you're losing it. Did the devil rob you? Or is God pulling some of that peace back to get your attention and to help you to understand that maybe you're doing something that he doesn't want you to do? The absence of peace is always a big deal in the life of the believer. And again, it's either the devil doing it, he's robbing you, or God is not letting you have peace Because you're doing something he doesn't want you to do. So the absence of peace, we have to ask and say, God, what is it? And if it's of God, if we're doing too much, we're getting up too early, staying up too late, too busy during the day, accepting we're just here, there, and everywhere, and we can't slow down, and we can't meditate, and we can't pray, and we can't can't be with our families, we can't do what God would have us to do, sometimes God makes us restless. God gives us a restlessness in our spirit. God gives us what Oswald Chambers used to call a check in our spirit. And when you have a check in your spirit, a restlessness in your spirit, the lack of peace in your spirit, what you, whatever the cause of that is, you have to stop and you have to get out on your knees before God and say, God, what is going on here? Is the devil doing this to me? Are you doing this to me? Am I doing this to myself? And if God reveals to you the reason you've lost your peace is because you're about to make a decision that's not right. And God says, I'll remove my peace from you to get your attention. And so 
now that he's got your attention, if you say, okay, instead of making that decision, I'm going to make that decision, and now you have peace again. See, in that case, it's not so much a matter of God giving you your peace back. It's about you making a change in your life so that you can regain your own peace. But whatever the cause is, when a believer loses peace, I'll, I'll say this. If I, were about to, if I were in the process of buying a house and I, lost, I didn't have any peace, before I could even determine why I didn't have peace, I would call my real estate agent and I would say, I'm calling a timeout on buying this house because I can't make a decision of that importance without peace. And you can put that on any illustration of life. So we want to determine, what is this, God? Is it me? Is it you? Is it the devil? What is it? But if we do believe we've just been robbed, we're not doing anything that too much or anything, but we just feel like the devil has robbed us, and we pray and say, God, restore my peace. We have to receive that, whether we feel anything or not. Now, turn to Luke chapter 17. I'll show you a very interesting story about receiving by faith. The whole Christian life is by faith from beginning to end. We got saved by faith, we live by faith, and we'll die by faith. So, faith is how we live the Christian life, and in the process of restoration, The way to experience restoration and to get back what you've lost, it takes faith. You have to claim it by faith. Now, in Luke chapter 17, we read about 10 men who had leprosy, and they asked Jesus to heal them of this disease, and he did. Look in verse number uh, 12. It says, "As then as Jesus entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Now, let's just stop right there. Picture this. Let's just play like I was one of the ten that had leprosy. And I'm standing with the other nine, and I'm I'm saying, I'm a long way off because as a leper, I'm an outcast. And so I say, Jesus, Master, please have mercy on us. Heal us of our leprosy. And Jesus said in response to that, go show yourselves to the priest. I think I would have looked down at my hands and seen that I still had the leprosy in my breast of my body, a leprosy all over me. And I would have said to Jesus, I said, Lord, I'll be glad to go show myself to the priest. But according to the Old Testament, we're supposed to go show ourselves to the priest after we've been healed of leprosy. And I still have the leprosy. And so, Jesus, I'll be glad to go show myself to the priest in Jerusalem. But before I do that, you still haven't done what I asked you to do. You haven't healed me of my leprosy. But see, when Jesus told those men to go show themselves to the priest, they still had leprosy. Now, look at the next sentence in this. It's absolutely amazing. It says, and so it was that as they went. Say those three words with me. As they went. As they went, they were cleansed. So the leprosy didn't go away just when they asked for it to go away. They prayed, Lord, make the, take the leprosy away. Jesus didn't take it away immediately. He told them to do something. And when they did what he told them to do, as they turned around, as they headed to the priest, as they went to Jerusalem, what happened? The leprosy fell off of them. That says to me that in order for us, see, these men were restored. Their skin was restored. But they weren't restored until they took a step of faith. 
until they stepped out there, obeyed God, and did what he said. And so the blessing, the freedom, always comes when we just take it by faith. And so whatever you've lost, after you've prayed to receive it, after you've prayed for God to give it back to you, what do you have to do? You take it by faith. You receive it by faith. And as you do that, you're set free. Now, one of the things that will help us, helps me, to receive it by faith is to find a Bible promise that speaks to whatever it is we're going through in life and claim that promise and make that promise your own. Now, we're coming to the end, but I don't want to stop the sermon without giving you six Bible verses that I think will be helpful. And these six verses match the six things that many times we need to be restored of. So, if you're photographic memory, just listen. But if you need to write some things down, this would be a good time to jot some verses down. You say, John, I've lost my peace. I'm praying for God to restore my peace. What Bible verse will help me on that? I'll, there are lots of them, but I'll tell you the one I would use. Isaiah 26.3. Isaiah 26.3 says that God will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on Him, if we're focused on Him. And so, here's what you do. I've read that verse many times in my life when I've lost peace or I've been anxious or nervous about something. And I claim that verse and I say, God, here's the deal. I can't give myself peace. I can't calm my mind down. I can't make myself relaxed. But God, according to that verse, I don't have to. All I have to do is keep my mind on you. God, we have a deal here. You have promised that if I would keep my mind fixed on you, that you would keep me at perfect peace. It's my job to focus on you, not the circumstances, not the opposition, not the medical report, not this, what this person's saying or that person's saying. God, if I focus on all that, I may lose my mind. My responsibility is to keep focused on you, and you've made me a promise that if I will stay focused on you, you will keep me at perfect peace. See, you don't have to muster up that peace. All you have to do is stay focused on God, and He will give you that peace. Claim that, focus on Him, and move forward in peace. Now, what about joy? Say, John, I've lost my joy. Not, not, happy, about, not happy about life. How about this verse? Psalm 1611. The Bible says, in God's presence is fullness of joy. Say that with me. In God's presence is fullness of joy. And so you just say, now, God, I'm living in your presence. I don't feel joy right now, but I know I'm in the presence of joy, and it's only a matter of time till I feel that in my life. Now, how about for courage? When we've lost our courage, Joshua 1.9, God speaking to Joshua after Moses had died, Joshua was afraid to become the leader of the people, and understandably so. Moses, had been, he'd following Moses, and God said to him, Joshua, have I not commanded you? Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you wherever you go. How do we have courage? Here's, here's the key to have courage. It is to remember that Jesus Christ is with us absolutely at all times and wherever we go. And so we have to step out and we have to act on that. I remember hearing years ago John Osteen uh, tell a story how he, when he was in his middle, middle life, maybe his 40s or 50s, he began to be filled and tormented with all kind of fears. Fears that he had this disease. Fears he had a brain tumor. Fears he was going to die, die of this or die of that. And one of the fears he had was the fear of flying in an airplane. And he said he had never had that fear because all of his life he had been, he'd spent a lot of time flying in airplanes, going places, preaching, vacationing, doing other things. But all of a sudden, the thought of flying in an airplane scared him to death. And he began to think about it and pray about it. And he said, God, this is a spirit of fear. 
And I know you don't want me to live my life with a spirit of fear. And so, God, what I've got to do is step out in faith, and I've got to face this fear, and I've got to overcome this fear. I can't give in to this fear. And so what he did was he bought an airplane ticket going somewhere. And the only reason he went there was so he could fly. He didn't have any response. He just bought a ticket and got in the plane and went. And he said when he got on the plane, he was sweating. His hands were sweating. His knees were knocking. He thought for sure the plane was going to crash. But he said, God, I'd rather, I'd rather this plane crash and me be in faith than me to be af- afraid to get on this plane and live my life in fear. And so the plane took off, landed safely, then flew back to Houston, landed safely. And he said that in his life at that time, that was one of the most important things he had ever done to overcome his fear of flying. So what I'm saying is you receive it by faith. You see, when he got on that plane, he didn't feel courageous. He didn't feel confident. He was afraid, but he did it anyway. He did it afraid. And then a lot of times in life, we have to do things when we are afraid. I wish I had more time to give more illustrations. The the next thing is strength. Say, I've lost my strength, my spiritual vitality. How about Joel 3.10? Let the weak say I'm strong. You'd think the Bible would say, let the strong say I'm strong. Well, no, I mean, that'd be natural. But see, as Christians, we live supernaturally. And so it's when we're weak We're supposed to say by faith, I'm strong. How am I strong if I'm weak? Because when I'm weak, then Jesus is strong in me. And so we take that on. And then hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. If you hear today, say, I've just lost my hope. Nothing looking good. Jeremiah 29, 11. God said, I know the thoughts I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you, watch this, a future and a hope. Say, God, that's what it says. I don't see anything good. I don't imagine anything good. But you said you've got a future and a hope for me. I'm taking it by faith. And then how about when we've lost our vision? Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3. Tremendous verse in the Old Testament talking about vision. And the Bible says there that sometimes we, I'm paraphrasing now, it sometimes we don't have vision. We lose our vision. The vision for the future is not clear. But the Bible says this. God says this. Though it tarries, wait for it. Though it tarries. Though you, you know, you may not get that vision today. But so you just say, God, I've lost my vision. It's tarrying. But I thank you, God, that you're going to give me the vision that I need, and I just receive that by faith, and I know the vision will be coming. What I'm saying today, you still listening? Say amen. What I'm saying is the way to receive restoration, I'm saying you do it by faith, but you do it by taking one of these promises in the Bible and claiming that and making it your own. And what do we know? We know that the promises of God will still be standing after whatever storm we may be facing today has long since blown over. And so what do we do? We, we build our lives on the promises of God. The grass withers, the flower fades, the Word of our God stands forever. And so sometimes it's during a storm in life. Circumstances are difficult. That's when we lose our peace. That's when we lose our hope. We just don't see any way out. That's when we just naturally lose our joy. But the way to get all that back is, is not to focus on the storm. Friend, you focus on the storm, you may lose your mind. But to focus on what God is doing in your life through the storm. Sometimes we have to see beyond the storm. You know, this past Friday night about 5 o'clock, 5.30, a pretty good storm blew through, blew through Pasadena. And I mean, the rain was coming down hard and the thunder and the lightning and our electricity was going out. And, and uh, you know, it was just a pretty bad storm. 
It's interesting, later on that night, after the storm had blown through and after the clouds had blown over and, and the, the sky was, was clear again, somebody took the most beautiful picture of our church after the storm. And I want you to see that picture today. And this picture, beautiful reminder, not just one rainbow, but two rainbows. What is a rainbow? A rainbow is a reminder that God always keeps His promises. And so some, now, when the storm was happening, you couldn't see the rainbow. All you could see in here was the storm. And that's what I'm saying. That's how it is in our lives. Sometimes in life, man, the storm, Lord, we can't see a rainbow. Let me tell you something. When you as a child of God find yourself in a storm, remember this. God's in the process of making a rainbow. God's in the middle of keeping His promises. And if you will trust Him and move forward by faith, and whatever the devil tells you you can't do, Brother, he's told me in my life there are a lot of things I can't do, and sometimes he still tells me that now. When the devil tells you something you can't do, even if you're nervous, even if your hands are sweaty, even if your heart is racing, you think there's no way I can do this, you do that thing, and you move forward by faith, and you just watch God restore to you the peace, the joy, the courage, the hope, the vision, the strength in your life that you maybe used to have and that you would give anything if you could have it again. Friend, I'm telling you, you can have it again if you'll trust God and let Him restore it to you in His own time and in His own way. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank You today that among other things, You are a restoring God. And God, just because we go through seasons where we lose our peace and hope, that doesn't mean that's going to be the rest of our lives. God, you, You give it back to us if we'll trust You and if we'll obey. Well, that is so very true. If we will trust God and if we will obey God, He will restore whatever it is that we've lost. I love that verse, and I quoted it in the sermon that says that God restores the years that the locust has eaten. And I don't know what it is in your life that may need restoration. Maybe you've lost your peace, and you just say, I don't know what's happened, but I'm just, I can't relax. I've lost my peace. Or maybe for you, it's your joy. You're just not happy. You're kind of in a just a downtrodden season of your life right now. Maybe you've lost your courage, and you need God to restore that to you. Friend, I have good news. God can restore that. I can remember a time in my life that I got so stressed out over work responsibilities, and my schedule had really gotten out of control, and I was just too busy, to be honest with you. And you know, stress leads to anxiety, and that's, that's something very important to remember. Sometimes we become anxious and we're not sure why we're anxious. And yet maybe if we'll trace it back, the reason is stress. Stress can lead to anxiety. And then if we don't deal with uh, the stress that's causing the anxiety, then as the stress goes, the anxiety will grow and we can just lose our courage and lose our confidence and lose our peace. And I can remember this happened to me one time. And it's the strangest thing. One Sunday morning, we were in our church and uh, back then, my dad was always preaching the two morning services, and I would preach at night, and the only responsibility I had in the morning services was to get up and welcome the guest. It took about 45 seconds to a minute for me to welcome the guest, and I've been preaching for over 30 years, and so to get up and welcome the guest would really not be a big deal or a challenging thing usually for a preacher, but one Sunday morning... We were in the worship center, and it was the song right before the welcome of the guest. And I was so stressed out, 
and I was so uptight, and I was so anxious, and I had such little peace in my heart. I guess I really had no peace in my heart, and I just heard this voice in my mind saying, you can't welcome the guest. If you get up there and try to welcome the guest, you're going to fail. You're going to pass out. You're going to faint. You won't even be able to get your words out. And I thought that I wasn't going to be able to do it, just something as easy as that. And I thought, where in the world is this coming from? And I looked over to my dad, and I said, I don't think I can get up there and welcome the guests today. He said, what's wrong with you? And I told him that. He said, now, listen, that's the devil talking to you. You can get up there and do it. And so I went up there that Sunday morning, and I welcomed the guest, and I thought I wasn't going to make it. I was more stressed out about welcoming the guest than I had ever been on preaching a sermon. But then after I had welcomed the guest, then it was my time to preach uh, that night and then the next week at night and the next week at night. And I just kept hearing that little voice in my mind. You can't do it. You can't do it. You're not going to make it. You can't do it. You can't do it. And you know, by God's grace, I just continued to get up there and preach at night and to welcome the guest in the morning. And little by little, God restored my peace. God restored my confidence. God restored my courage. I did make some changes to my schedule that relieved the stress. And once that happened, then the anxiety level went down. And it was just a matter of time till I was back to normal. But I'm saying to you today, in all of our lives, there are going to be things that the devil will tell us that we can't do. He's trying to rob our confidence. I encourage you today, you move forward by faith. You keep doing what the devil says you can't do, and you're going to find out that God's going to restore what you've lost. I want to thank you for listening today to Peace by Believing. I hope this has been a blessing to you, and I hope you have a fantastic day out there. <music>